Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. It's good to be back. Uh, we're finally back in the studio after a long hiatus. But joining us today, uh, joining us back on the podcast is Pastor Zach Bartle. Zach, welcome back. Hello, sir. All right, now, Zach, last week you alerted me to a serious problem that we have yet to address here on the podcast. Monkeypox, yes. Um, yeah, and so we're looking for your health expertise in this matter. Um, when do we start the apocalypse, and when do we start masks? If you haven't already masked up and gotten some of those apocalypse gloves that don't have fingers, you are way behind, all right? You <laughs> You need to get on that right now. All right. So your assignment today, you need to go to the store now, buy as much toilet paper and baby formula as humanly possible, and uh, stockpile that for the coming apocalypse. Yeah. I want to see a big mountain of bullets in your basement and a yeah. big mountain of toilet paper rolls. Yes. The essentials of life. Yeah. That'll get you to the celestial city. Look, I dropped in a little segue. Oh, nice little segue. Okay. So the problem we... We have yet to address, we, we haven't talked about your latest podcast on the Pilgrim's Progress, so you're here to help rectify that issue. Let's do this. Let's rectify it. All right. Um, so let's talk about the Pilgrim's Progress. Now, so you started this podcast a couple of months ago. and um, Very, very beginning of the year, so it's half a year ago now. Wow, has it been that long? Yeah, um, that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> See, my excuse was I was in the hospital at that point. So, um, now I, I want to milk that for all it's worth. I was suffering away, uh, having surgery at that point. So I monkey pox surgery, I dropped the ball. No, that's coming up next month. Okay. Uh, are you all all well and good now, man? I am well and good. Well, as, as well as I was before. So I don't know where that baseline is, but, uh, I'm back to myself. (laughs) That's what we want, buddy. Yes. It was I, mean, I think the last time you and I got on, by the way, a virtual connection was the, the virtual smoke we did. Yes. Um, the gut check smoke, which was probably simultaneously the most fun I had during all of the lockdown yeah. and what kind of killed that whole podcast. So, cheers. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, right, let's talk about that for a second because I'm a little upset about that. Oh, me too. Because I was, I was hoping to have more because now, I, I am not a smoker. I, I don't do cigars. But one of my students uh, who just graduated, so I won't mention his name in case they t- decide to take away his diploma for this, broke all protocol, broke all school rules. And uh, he's actually from Cuba. He was stuck there for a little while. But when he came back, he had a nice cigar for me, a nice Cuban for me. And I was waiting for the for the for the next uh, the next smoking lounge here at Gut Check that never came. Now I don't want to uh, promote my own other stuff uh, by pointing out that there's a Gut Check book I, I co-authored with Ted Cluck called The Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion, but I wouldn't hold real high hopes for that Cuban cigar. Um, it's probably a it's probably not cuban even though especially if you got it like there especially if you got it in the airport and b cubans just aren't the the holy grail that they once were that that castro uh doesn't let them rest the soil now you want you know the dominican stuff that we can readily get but i think someday we're gonna here's the thing man were you at uh, i i tried to find you at t4g and i don't think you were there were you 
No, I was not there this time. See, we went and had a wonderful, a few of us, wonderful uh, smoke there in uh, uh, Louisville. And there was a place that was a bar slash cigar uh, club. I don't drink, but I know a lot of people love to have a, uh, a beer or some some scotch or something with their cigar. So um, I don't know. Next time uh, I am in the same vicinity as you, you have that with you. And let's, let's just get together and, and do it live. There's something sad about... Yeah. Uh, a virtual gathering when you don't need to virtually gather. <laughs> yeah, Although I we're agree. doing one right now out of necessity, right? I mean, yeah. where are you located? Well, I'm, exactly I'm, in Beloit, I'm in Beloit, Wisconsin, but I'm not too far. I know you went to the last uh, last Doc and Devo's conference. Ah, yeah, I went to George the last Lord. couple of them, yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't at that last one, although I was, I was supposed to be, but I, my schedule changed thanks to uh, a kid and uh, I think a broken arm at that point. But, um, you know, kids. But uh, the kid's arm? Well, I didn't personally break it. Oh, no. good. Good to hear. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a... Uh, anyway, our family is full of broken bones right now. We are running <laughs> at some point. Nothing um, suspicious. Very unsuspicious. Yeah, but, you know, that freaks me out because every time I bring them into the ER, I think, is this the one where they're going to, like, be calling the police? Like you hit your quota before your uh, suspect or something. You get, you know, you either have really daring kids or a little bit gawky kids at like kind of that age that are growing too fast, or a combination of them, and you're going to have some of that, right? Oh yeah, I've got a combination. I've got kids who have no idea what it means to dial it back. Nice. Um, they you know go what? full That's, speed. Those are people who make history, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I got the 14 year old playing soccer with the five year old, and then the five year old winds up in the ER because. Yeah, the fourteen-year-old doesn't know uh, again to dial it back. But I'm, you know, I'm convinced at some point, you know, it's it's sad when you bring them into the hospital, and the staff already knows them, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, hey, you know, we're here for this again. Great." So yeah, we've been stocking your favorite kind of uh, Gatorade. Yeah, <laughs> we knew you'd be back. <laughs> we got your room all set, you know, just the way you like it. You know, we'll set the normal. All right, let's let's, let's get back to the Pilgrim's Progress. Okay, so I back in January. Back <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you're launching this, and this is a, I, I've I've been binge binge listening here for the past couple of days, um, because unfortunately, yeah, I didn't get on at the at the beginning, um, but and, and I'm going to be honest, be blunt here. Um, I hear Pilgrim's Progress. I think, okay, been there, done that. You know, I've read the book through several times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've taught on the book. Um, but then I, I, I listen in and I'm like, wow. Okay, the very first episode, uh, the very first scene with Apollyon just drew me right in. So um, let's talk about this. Let's get everyone on board and uh, get you a few more listeners here. So tell us about the podcast because it's it's unlike uh, anything I've heard Pilgrim's Progress before. Well, yeah, you know, I was teaching a class myself, right? Leading a leading a, a study um, uh, with some of the the men in my my church, uh, and I was so I was listening to the the book on tape. <laughs> the book on tape. God, I'm so old, buddy. There's tape, tape, okay, the, like literal tape. <laughs> no, it was it was on Audible.com through a, okay. an Android phone. Uh, but it felt like a book on tape. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and and I was I was listening to it again and again. And I here's here's the genesis of it, man. I just started finding myself. I, for for your listeners who don't know me, I've been on your program before. But if they forgot, um, I'm an author and a pastor. So yeah. I've 
I've uh, put out a good number of books, uh, uh, novels, uh, some of them with uh, a major publisher, one of the big four, and some of them uh, independently with my buddy Ted Cluck and this thing we call Gut Check Press. And uh, so, I, I mean, I've written uh, probably a half dozen novels that that uh, I would put my name on and not be embarrassed about, and some of them that, that I was happy to get out there. So as I'm listening to this, I start having this impulse that that I get kind of when I when I go over my own writing to like punch it up. Like I, here's the thing about Bunyan, he's writing at a time where he's to some degree a, kind of a, a pioneer in the field of the sort of exciting narrative almost novel that he's writing. Yeah. Um, he's not the first guy to do it. Certainly he's not the first one to do spiritual allegory. He's not the first to do any of this stuff, but he, he moved the ball forward so much in so many of these areas so early on that we stand back in awe, but at the same time, it's like, buddy, this isn't great by modern standards. And then of course, littered throughout, you have just dreadful poetry. Um, in fact, I think the whole <laughs> the whole intro, which I skipped, uh, yes. the kind of um, apology for the work, which is in rhyme couplets, just <laughs> it's just so cringy. So my okay, thought was, thank you for saying that because I, I felt that for a long way, a long time. Um, but you know, you're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to criticize mm-hmm. Bunyan, especially not this work. But thank you for for clearing that up. I mean, C.S. Lewis criticized him pretty roundly that he was just boring. Um, but I, I think that's not true. I think that I think that the work, I mean, despite what I just said, is so insanely such a masterpiece. Yeah. And I think it, I keep saying um, so in between the uh, chapters of it, my buddy and I get on and discuss it kind of. Uh, and I've a couple times said I'm willing to say this is inspired just with a lowercase I. Like, I mean, okay. God seems to be speaking in this thing and imbuing it with levels of um, complexity that I doubt he even was aware of. Like, I mean, he just he was really in the zone on this this yeah. thing. Obviously, it's not scripture. It's not without error, but it's it's it is amazing. And so my thought was, um, you know, and about the same time, I, I'm trying not to say something critical about something, a great effort someone made um, that that was laudable. Uh, about the same time we're doing this, this CGI movie comes out uh, yep. where uh, Kristen Getty uh, was involved, who I love. I love the Gettys. Right. She um, promotes it. it. It got it was it was for kids. And I was really, really, really excited about it. I when it came out, I watched it the first day it was available. I bought it uh, you know, digitally. And then I was just I was kind of bummed by what they did with it. I thought that the the animation left a lot to be desired yep. after some of the stuff they had teased, and I thought they watered down parts of it that just yeah I don't know the, the whole thing. Again, I don't want to be critical of it. I, I hate people could do the same thing with what I'm doing right now, and, and it, it's not fair to analyze something someone did by saying you should have made the movie you didn't make. No, they, they should have made the movie they did make and they did a good job at it. But like when I say, let's make this dusty old half forgotten tome that used to be omnipresent in every Christian's household. Yep. Let's take it and kind of present it, represent it anew to a new generation. Um, I, I don't know. I had higher hopes uh, that, that they would, 
kind of not grind down the sharp edges. Right. For example, um, I, I, I think of um, The Man in the Iron Cage, which is one of the more chilling and memorable images in yeah. in the Pilgrim's Progress. A guy who has quite literally sinned himself out of hope of mercy. Uh, this is the guy from Hebrews 6 who, uh, you know, he can't, he's, he's crucified Christ anew. There's no, nothing left for him. He's tasted of the spiritual things. And it's a warning to Christian. Like, don't, don't think of this. You can become inoculated to this stuff if you dabble in it and dabble in it and get kind of into it and then fall away from it. Uh, and it's, it's scary. Well, in the, the movie that I was watching, uh, he sees in the interpreter's house, um, a, the man in the iron cage screaming or, or sobbing, you know, I'm hopeless, I'm hopeless. And then later on when he's in the uh, castle of the giant uh, despair, doubting castle, uh, and, you know, of course, he, he actually did acknowledge that he, he was tempted to, to off himself, which yeah. I thought they'd probably leave out. He thinks back to that and he's like, wait a minute, that guy was me. And, and so he then like thinks to pull promise out of his breast and, and let himself. And I thought, well, why, why are you changing? And of course, any movie, whether it's the Liam Neeson one or, or this one is going to have to leave out a ton because it's a, if you read this, this whole book out loud, it's 12 hours long and right. you have a two hour movie. And also, you know, some of these, um, dramatized uh readings that have come out before uh are a little too melodramatic for my yeah. taste and i felt like there was a, a as they say a gap where someone could come in and and take advantage of the suddenly relengthening attention span of americans and, and westerners in general like our attention span was shrinking 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 to the point where like qb where cuba what was it called that little like five oh minutes yeah the little app like, um, yeah, Cubans, I think, they were, or something. They like thought that, that yeah. was a good idea because people can only pay attention for five minutes. The thing failed, and at the same time, you've got people putting their headphones in and binging, you know, twenty hours of serial or, or you know, these these podcasts, these right. long form podcasts, or sitting down and binging through entire, you know, four or five seasons of a, a long form television show that's yeah. smartly written and is essentially, you know, a ten hour movie or something. Right. And I thought, why not? kind of punch it up, make it more um, relatable, make it a little bit more understandable, the language, um, punch up some of the, the writing issues, uh, like withholding a little information and then therefore having a bit of a reveal, um, and, and take advantage of this resurgence in long-form yeah. listening uh, and, and turn it into something that could be eventually binged. And in the moment now, hopefully people are, in fact, I know there some people are, are greatly anticipating each, uh, episode. I know because if I miss a week, because I'm, you know, again, I'm a pastor and, uh, this takes a ton of time, you know, <laughs> when you're, right. when you're doing these things on the side, uh, with a, with a full-time occupation, uh, I get a lot of, uh, messages going, Hey, where's my episode? <laughs> so hopefully this is going to be something that, um, opens if, if honestly, this sounds corny, but even if like one person really gets drawn to the gospel for the first time or, or understands the, the beauty of the gospel or the, the nature of the Christian life more because of this, all the effort will have been worth it. But yeah. I would also like to see, you know, a lot of people who maybe had a kid's adaptation as a kid or remember 
reading it or seeing a special about it or something, or or people who just have been reading Spurgeon and he always references it and they've never yeah. taken the time to get into it, uh, get introduced to it and go, oh, this is actually pretty fun and pretty exciting. And uh, it's it's not uh, inaccessible to a 21st century Christian. It doesn't feel like you're you're trying to care about something that that we don't care about. All of these struggles and everything are universal. And what's been so crazy to me, I just got done with a, a chapter that was like uh, vignettes. So I took a lot of yeah. the second tier characters that uh, just get talked about and kind of told their story. And and I was like, good grief, these could all be written right now, specifically right. about our age, especially like Little Faith and Linger After Lust. I mean, like all these these characters are they're so archetypical that there's there's no need to kind of recreate them. I just am trying to kind of represent them. Yeah. It's been really cool. Because already I can tell you more than just one person has had that experience. My, my kids, um, just the other day, uh, my older son, Tony, again, we're, at, we were talking a little bit before the podcast. Uh, we're running like a little clinic now or a hospice or something. I don't know. We've got uh, one kid with a broken hand, another kid with a broken leg. And so they're with me a lot of times. And I say, hey, we're going to listen to this podcast. They find my podcast boring. Um, I, I don't oh. know why. Uh, I will chastise them for that later. Uh, but I said, hey, we're going to listen to the Pilgrim's Progress. And my oldest son like, oh, really? But um, now we're in the car together, and he's looking forward to it. In fact, he and the uh, the 10-year-old as well have really gotten into this. And they've only seen, like, children's version. We, we watched the, the Getty version you talked about earlier because that was supposed to be, like, the save us from the pandemic type yeah. thing they were showing it, it was free good for a while too. don't don't get don't get me wrong it was good yeah um but that was their only experience their only exposure to pilgrim's progress but they're loving this series and nice. uh that's now they're hear. what's I that? Love that i said that's good to hear i, I love yeah. hearing that especially young people i, I sort of dangled it out there for my son who's 14 uh and, and he listened to a couple of them and i think i don't know too much talking or something i've been trying to the beauty of this is I can take the boring parts, and there are a few. Yeah, there are times when he's like, I he had information he wanted to get across, and he was like, I'm going to have these two characters talk until all that information, you know, all that exposition yeah. is done. Uh, and you can just because there's multiple things going on at once, even though Bunyan doesn't tell it that way, he gives you all of Christian's story until he meets up with Faithful. Then he has them walk down the road, and Faithful's like, Well, let me let me tell you my whole story, and he just rattles through right. it. Right. I've made it uh, kind of concurrent. So we're popping back and forth between Christian and faithful. And when one of the stories is a little dry um, and, and it might be the spot in the book where you might just give up and not go back to it. Uh, the other story we can make up for by, by, you know, drawing you in and there are people coming in trying to kill him or seduce him or, you know, whatever the case he's, he's uh, being beaten half to death by Moses. <laughs> I even have him pull a gun on Moses, which uh, spoiler alert is not in the original text. Right. And I think, and I think maybe the first time ever in in Christian fiction that anyone pulls a gun on Moses uh, doesn't go well for him. Uh, and I have been, by the way, trying to be within reason accurate to the 17th century. Uh, for example, the one, the episode that's going to go up this week, uh, Christian gets some coffee, and uh, hmm. I had to do some research and make sure it was available in England and that Puritans were okay with it. And Puritans loved it, by the way. The it might not, it might not have been the Quantico coffee, but I'm sure it was it was good. <laughs> right now I'm drinking that Maquano coffee. Uh, well, it's almost gone, but uh, yeah, I didn't sleep much last night, but I'm still 
extra amped because I got my Muquano coffee. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the, uh, the idea that it's it's this dry kind of dreadful thing. I think it's just sort of the limitations of 17th century prose and right. a podcast. So I mean, I've been trying to do. I'm trying to do what I did with my audiobooks, which I've gotten a ton of really, really good feedback on that. I, I was able to get my audio rights back from HarperCollins mm. uh, publishers and and make them myself because obviously they they were not going to make uh, audiobooks of out of print books that they own. And uh, I I I've been into audio for a long time, mixing audio. I've been into fully recording stuff. I've been doing you know dabbling in this stuff for just ages. Yeah, uh, I did a whole uh, podcast called Clinch where it was telling right. uh, a novel I wrote and 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 you know, kind of pepper in that stuff. But I tried to go to the next level with this, which is um, not distracting, but just shy of that. You know, you're hearing what's happening. It's almost it's almost like the audio movie type thing that that's becoming right. kind of popular with. Uh, Oh, who's putting those out? One of these big podcast uh, networks is, is putting these out. Um, and and it, it, it's not exactly that because it's narrated. You know, I'm, I'm telling the yeah. story. Uh, it's not just and, – and it's one individual, and I'm not trying to do a bunch of voices all the time. But right. you know, the idea of it immersing you. <laughs> so you, you've got the, the audio, the dramatic audio, but then you've also got the, the digress episodes. Tell us a little bit about, that, about those. Yeah, so my buddy, Mr. Sagacity, um, who <laughs> he, he's averse to being uh, uh, anyone knowing anything about him. So his name is, I guess, a secret, even though I do think I said it at one point uh, in, the, in the, one of the episodes. You did it at the, at the very first episode. You did kind of mention it. Yeah, like I think I, I named him and said his address and like the names of his kids. But um, no, he, he and I have done I, I used to co-host a, a podcast called These Go to Eleven with Nathan Bell. Yep. Um, Greg Dutcher. I don't know if you, if you ever listened to that one. That was a. Oh, yeah. I, I actually missed that quite a bit. That was a lot of fun. Reverend um, James King, my favorite character. Yes, James. King, James King, King James teaching, preaching. Yeah. Oh, Greg Dutcher is a treasure. Oh, my gosh. I love that guy. Um but uh, by the way, I I'm the one who suggested the the setup they have now, where it's Nathan and Nathan again, and, and they do a great job. Yeah. But uh, at one point, I had Alex on, and he just gave his testimony, which is insane. Uh, it's not like he was, you know, a serial killer or a heroin addict or something, and and one day all of a sudden Jesus turned his life around. But it's instead a more um, young millennial uh, kind of thing, where it's you know life was less and less meaningful. Everything was more and more meaningless. Uh, yeah. Everything felt like a chase after the wind until he didn't want to live anymore. And uh, he, he picked up the phone in kind of that headspace and called a friend who was a believer who'd been trying to uh, proclaim the gospel to him for a long time and, and got saved. And so, and, and, and after that, you know, all of a sudden his now wife, uh, he leads to the Lord and their whole friend group kind of becomes this group of formerly nihilist, you know, gothy kind of worldview people to now uh, young believers. And it's really cool to think about how closely this story follows the the Pilgrim's Progress. So I was saved as a very young kid in a Christian household. For me, even though a lot of this rings very true, for me, a lot of it is a little bit remote from my experience because I don't have like all the friends who suddenly turned away. I don't right. have some of the same struggles that uh, someone coming to faith as a mature adult individual will have, you know, with all the baggage and all the experience in, in life. 
And so bringing uh, uh, my buddy Alex in was the way to, uh, and not only that, not only his life experience, just he's incredibly insightful and he knows the scriptures like nobody's business. So like, and he knows the Pilgrim's Progress better than probably, I mean, not as well as Derek Thomas or some scholar on on Bunyan, but he knows he knows the Pilgrim's yeah. Progress really well. And we relate a lot of, you know, our, our lives to it and have, even before we were doing this, we talk about, you know, this seems like the Slough of Despond. Uh, and so, so just to kind of talk it through, the original idea was just to give the texts. I didn't want anyone to be able to uh, listen to this whole thing and go, oh, okay, I get that it's sort of religious, and I get that it's trying to be exciting. I don't fully get what any of it means. You know, yeah. I wanted, just wanted to give the basics for someone who was completely new to it, but it immediately became clear that we were going to wind up delving deeper into some of these topics and right. talking about some of the more nuanced stuff just because it's fun. And so some of them are running an hour and a half on a yeah. discussion yeah. of a 40-minute episode. <laughs> but those I are pretty cool. I, mean, I enjoy them. Well, see, I thought people would skip these and just listen to the, you know, kind of spoon-fed uh, stuff with all the fighting and, and escapes and everything. And a couple of the, the episodes, according to the stats that get emailed to me, more people have listened to our discussion of it <laughs> than listened to the actual. And I'm going, what? Okay. Um, but yeah, and you know what else has been tons of fun is the the sound effects. Um, you know, I'm. I've got a Patreon and I'm almost to the point where it's, it's kind of self-sustaining, which is nice because, uh, you know, awesome. for, for me, the, the labor of love is, is uh, worthwhile. Um, I'd love it if I, you know, you know, didn't have to delve into my, um, you know, gut check uh, and personal <laughs> accounts to, yeah. to keep on funding it. And, and I'm about at that point now, but uh, even though I can afford to keep on licensing these things uh, with some of the, the support we've gotten, I do enjoy trying to reverse engineer how to make a certain sound, you know, and and uh, make it sound exactly like it does in my head. I've got uh, a number of mics I've been using. I've actually been um, in a Facebook group with professional Foley artists or the guys who record oh, cool. for movies and TV and stuff, watching some of their tricks and how they make some of this stuff happen. It's it's funny to me, nature documentaries, like, you know, you watch nature documentaries where they've they've captured things from a mile away with a telephoto lens. And you don't even question the fact that they're getting this amazing sound, even if it's slow motion, they're getting all this amazing, that's all Foley. That's all somebody going back over silent footage and putting in sound to fill it in. And I have been loving experimenting with this. I'm not amazing at it, but I, I think I'm, I'm getting better at it. And uh, I was just spending a ton of time uh, last night working on different, I mean, the big fight uh, that we tease in the, and the pilot is happening in episode 10, which is the next one that I'm, I'm going to record. And uh, I'm working on different sounds of stabbing uh, <laughs> and and pulling the sword out of Apollyon, uh, slowly pulling it out. And uh, it's, it's so fun. It was also fun how a noise that's one thing when your brain is expecting it or picturing something else. Yeah. Perfectly fits, you know? Huh. Yeah, that's got to be fascinating. How, how long does it take, you know, for for one episode, you know, just just updating the the language, reading through, going through all the. How, how long does that take? All the sound effects. I mean, I, I'm 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 writing them from scratch essentially with just like the the main one next to me. So writing each chapter probably has taken me four hours, uh, and then editing it. My my wife's uh, a 
kind of famous novelist slash yeah. also works in in Christian publishing. Uh, so she's helping me sometimes with the editing and stuff. Um, and then recording it probably a, a couple of hours, and then and then the foley and everything. I'd say altogether it probably takes fifteen plus hours on each app. Wow. And some of them, if it's more dialogue, you know, people sitting in different sized yeah. rooms talking, that's fairly quick to do. <laughs> but but some of them, if they're more chocolate, the interpreter's house where we're like, okay, now we're in this room. Now we're over here where this guy's uh, sweeping up ashes. Now we're out here where this guy's fighting an army. Now we're over in this cave where there's the dripping sound and everything echoes. It, it took a really long time. Wow. All right. Well, we speaking of a long time, we are out of time. Oh. here at our podcast this week but uh so again we want to recommend this podcast uh the pilgrim's progress from high end silver and uh zach bartles i'll i'll make sure to have the link on there on our show notes we'll put it out on our social media as well you need to listen to this you're not going to regret it it's nothing like you've heard before i guarantee you're gonna like it if you've got teenagers like me they're gonna like it and uh check it out Zach, before we go, I got to ask you as a as an official stockholder in the company now, uh, what's what's going on down the pike for Gut Check? Well, the big thing right now is the the Ted Kluck's third book in his uh, graphic yeah. novel series for kids, uh, The Dog Lives, Flex Number Three, is in process. The amazing Megan Barada is doing not only the the illustration, but she's actually going to be doing the book design, and Ooh. I think it's going to be. Incredible! That got uh, fully funded, and and then a lot more on our, our Kickstarter. So that's kind of what Gutcheck Press is working on. Uh, as far as the podcasts, sometime this summer, Ted and I plan to get together and do a crap ton of them in a row, and then I'll start releasing them again. Yeah, we Honestly, haven't had a summer of Gutcheck yet. Pardon? We haven't had a summer of Gutcheck yet. No, we. I mean, we teased it and said we were there, and then we just disappeared again. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not in a full on like D-list reformed feud with Josh Loftus, but I am. <laughs> um, in that he somehow Ted records an episode of Cluck, um, which I mean, how uh, how bootlicky a way is that to get a guy to do a podcast with you? To say I'll name right. it after you. <laughs> um, I mean, he's a dear friend of mine, Josh Loftus, but I'd fight him right now. A hundred percent. If he was here right now, we'd be fighting. Okay. Um, Josh has been on this podcast as well. I'd like to schedule a podcast where you guys fight on air. You know what would happen though? What always happens when I talk to Loftus, which usually is over Marco Polo, like two moms, is yeah. we just end up talking about old Petra songs. That's <laughs> All right, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, again, we'll, we'll put on the link for uh, Pilgrim's Progress, also Gut Check, and also your page where you can find more of your uh, audiobooks, the uh, the Playing Saint series, The Last Con, and others. Um, you, can, you reference Clinch as well. That's all there. And we'll make sure um, everyone's aware of that. So, Zach, thanks for, for taking the time and, and rectifying this problem that we haven't talked about yet. Thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. All right. So, get, make sure you check out www.basicbiblepodcast.org. We can find all of that information. So, join us back next week. Until then, have a good rest of your week. 